my name's Angelique and my artist name is Apofinia. Um, I'm from Paris and I moved to the Netherlands two years ago and met a lot of nice people I learned to do music with. I actually started writing music a little bit more than a year ago and it's kind of saved me throughout the pandemic, I have to admit. Um, and yeah, I write a lot from my own experiences and my friends' experiences and it's very emotional based. And yeah, this first one is called Cold Coffee and Other Anxieties and it was when it was a bit complicated during this year and I was kind of happy to just wake up every day and I guess survive and that's kind of what it is about.
fuck Cardi B. No. <laughs> That's not what I was saying. Angel was just saying fuck no, Cardi B. No, I was day. not saying fuck Cardi B. I was uh, sharing my inner rummaging about bodily autonomy and sexuality within the feminist movement. Don't make me sound like fuck an Megan asshole. No. <laughs> fuck. That's okay. how it go. Mm-mm. Okay. We're gonna <laughs> Welcome, welcome, Again, welcome to gonna, Slim Radio. I'm gonna do a little slap. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my radio. Today I will be interviewing Mark. Uh, something. I don't know your last name. Anyway, go. Welcome, 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 welcome. Slim Radio Live Sessions. It's your host, Hessel Mark. I'm sitting across of a very lovely artist. Her name is Epophenia. She came in with the ukulele on the first song and goddamn she brought the vibe. Yeah, Everybody you know. in the room was just like, God damn, what? God damn. Like, they, they felt it. You brought Stop. something in there. Stop. I'm not trying to embarrass you, <laughs> but you are amazing. Are you aware ah. of it? Yes or no? Um, I'm currently working on that. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am very, very, very great. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> is, it, is it easy for you to, like, say that as an as a artist? Um, without joking. Mm. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> as a person. <laughs> No, it's, I think, especially because I'm still very new at this, mm-hmm. um, like, even calling myself an artist still sometimes like, feels on the fence. Mm. Um, I feel on the fence about it. But um, I think it generally ties it into the, my incapacity to take compliments generally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. feel you. What is your, what is your, like, what is your go-to response when somebody uh, gives you a compliment? What do you do? Do you deflect? Do you like hide it? Do you like flip it on them? Because you have these flipping compliments, yeah. motherfuckers out here. Uh, I think it really depends on on like who I'm talking to uh, and how drunk I am. <laughs> mm. But for sure, I think I just I I just kind of stand there and and my head kind of goes into my neck and I kind of <laughs> go like, thanks. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're awesome too. <laughs> So yeah, I think it depends, but generally, like if you ask my boy boyfriend, I tend to insult him when he compliments me. Oh damn! Yeah, that's some deepness. That's yeah. that, that is that is. I mean, I think I like playfulness in relationship, and I like we like insulting each other for fun. So I don't know if that's dysfunctional or not, but that's working for me. So <laughs> if like an intimate moment, he's like, "You're beautiful." You're like, like "You're you a s- fucking slut." <laughs> Just like, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Man, that's super lovely though. But how is that when you stand on stage? Because of course you just performed. We gave you a little applause, you know. We gave you a little whoop, 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 all that. Like that's also a compliment, right? Yeah, I think I reveled in it. Mm. I reveled in it a bit because I hadn't played in front of people in so long because of Corona. But I remember the first time I went on stage um, to perform was at the Coup in Amsterdam. I just moved to Amsterdam two weeks before. And uh, I got up stage after the guy who organized it basically told me to stop being a little bitch and <laughs> just get on stage. Oh, shit. Uh, he's one of my really close friends now. Um, God damn. But I remember getting up stage and, and I had like, I sat down and I like to sit cross-legged most of the time. And I had like those high heel boots, like rising boots. And I kind of stood on stage and I was feeling super awkward. And I just kind of panicked and I went, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take off my shoes. And I took off my shoes and sat cross-legged in front of like 30 people. And I was like, so, um, this is La Vie en Rose. And then everyone applauded and I kind of blanked, I think. Because it was the first time and I was so anxious and like, 
my legs were shaking, so like my ukulele was bouncing, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Um, it had that natural groove to it because yeah, of that, you were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely, I think, I'm mostly awkward. I think when people um, compliment me, especially like with music afterwards, and there's like this really, you know, like awkward moment where it's very rare that I don't like live music, but sometimes there's people that like that go on stage, and I'm not a big fan, and then when they go up to you and say like, "That was amazing." You have like this like philosophical dilemma. Mm-hmm. Like, do I say, oh my God, you too? Or do I say, uh, yeah, you, I don't know. Like, how do you react? Because at the same time, I'm so happy those people got the guts to go on stage and share their art. And that's something I will always be respectful of. Mm-hmm. But like, what's the sitch? Like, do you lie? Do you pretend? Like, what would you do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, God damn, this way, up. I, I think that whenever... Um, Whenever there's a person that performs and they give me a compliment, um, I wouldn't necessarily... Maybe out of reflex, I would just be like, yeah, you're doing mm. your thing too, you know? Mm. But I wouldn't go like... <laughs> oh, my God. I'm trying to think if you told me that earlier. You did your thing. Good. Good job. <laughs> you, you're, try, you're trying to do... I see what you... You you, you did, yeah. You, you was doing... You existed. <laughs> I think like, uh, but it's difficult because I don't, if you don't think it was good, I don't want to go into a thing where it's like, you're just straight lying. You're like, Mm, yeah, and mm. the most amazing part on it was this and that. And you also do not want to be that person that's like, yeah, so you need to work on this, this, and this. Yeah, that's not your fucking place. Well, yeah, it, it isn't. But at the same time, sometimes I can appreciate it when somebody is like, yo... You might still need to work on this because you like you perform and it's good to boost your confidence, mm. but same time you don't want people to just be like, yeah, great, great, yeah, yeah of great, course. But great. I think that there is like um, there's also like uh, a difference between like your friends and people you don't know, and I think there's like a position where you're allowed to say certain things. Like cause yeah. I remember, I I used to be with a musician um, when I lived in England, and we like did a, I think we did a cover like Sweater Weather by the Neighborhood. And I was so stressed because that was like literally the first time I got on stage ever, like ever, ever, ever. Oh shit! Not like by myself, but and I remember standing there, and it was like a music society like event stuff, and <laughs> I sang the song, and then Deanna went like, "I'm really sorry," <laughs> and just walked off the stage. <laughs> and, you said sorry. Uh, yeah, I said uh, uh, um, thank you. I'm sorry, and I just walked off the stage, and this uh, girl actually I learned passed away a few a few few years ago. Shit. Um, but I remember, sorry, she she came up to me and she told me, you know, like, it was really nice. But when you apologize, you really put yourself down and you really kind of destroyed the experience for everyone. And I didn't I didn't know her. Uh, and she was really nice. And, uh, like, at first, of course, her ego is a bit struck. You're like, why yeah. are you talking to me and stuff? But, like, thinking back on it now, I'm like, it was really, I think it was really coming from a place of just sharing rather than educating. And I think that's what a stranger should do, not tell you what to do, but kind of like, I guess, share where they're coming from. Yeah. And that was nice. But if someone came up to me and be like, you're good, but like, you need to work on your vibrato and like, also like, mm, your stage presence, I'd be like, fuck off, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're not, you're, don't tell me what to do. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. The sharing part is important, but that is for every artist is just a mm. super important lesson. Mm. Don't ever try to downplay yourself whatsoever. Like, even if you're playing like the roughest demo mm. on the world, mm. They don't know what your vision is. Maybe maybe your whole style is to make things sound like a demo. Like, who knows? <laughs> so when you play something, somewhere, like, just play it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just let them feel what it... Like, if you... If somebody were to give me a cake and be like, yeah, yeah the glazing kind of fucking sucks and, you know, the milk yeah, was kind of outdated. you're not going to like it that much. Yeah, and it's a bit yeah. dry. You're, you're already going to be like, ah, fuck. Like, if somebody already tells you what's wrong with it without listening, yeah. but if somebody just lets you hear it, mm-hmm. it's like, make up your mind about it. That's definitely something I need to work on, I think. Yeah. I do... Especially when it comes to music, I don't know if it's like that for you, but there is something that's so inherently personal. Yeah. That you do kind of, especially with people around me that I value the opinion of. If they give me bad feedback, I'd be like, I'm a terrible person. I don't know how to do music. Why am I even trying this? Mm. And then I'll go into showing it to other people. Like, oh, but you know, like, it's not, it's not like the final version. Yeah, it's not yeah. like shitting on it. It's like, you know, it's not like, like the vocals are not like, you know, yeah. I'm trying to find excuses for it where I should definitely just fucking own up to it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but that and you know, like, and, like who knows what your vision is for the song? Mm. Maybe that's the song, you know. Yeah. It's at it's at where it's at at that time. Yeah, maybe yeah. I should. Uh, so um, I wrote this song because I wanted it to sound like shit. <laughs> um, so if you guys think it sounds like shit, thank you. Uh, that means the world to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how you gotta do it. Like, yeah, it <laughs> no, but I feel I feel like even in mixing and shit, like there's a certain point where you gotta be like, sometimes there's a vocal that's just it trying to it should it should resemble like pain or vulnerability mm. or whatever so kind of gotta mix it like that mm. as well like if you tell somebody like yeah that shit still kind of sounds like it's in the blender or something mm. but you know like then people they're gonna listen to it differently yeah. you just wanted to do it give it give it give it to them pure Mm-mm. just no. like you gave in a very pure fashion to us oh. called coffee and other anxieties oh. thank you so much <laughs> i actually you know <laughs> i always go up on stage and at the end of my song, I go, um, if anyone has a fucking idea how to call my songs, please tell me, because I literally have no names. Um, and Cold Coffee and Other Anxieties was, like, one of the last ones that I hadn't named. And I, when I was, like, kind of, like, one hour before I came here, I was like, what the hell am I going to name it? Like, what's the thing? And then I started thinking about it, and weirdly, out of everything I say in that song, the part about cold coffee is my favorite one, and I was just like, you know what? It's my little quirk. I love cold coffee. Like, not iced, just lukewarm, Mm. room-temperature coffee. And this sometimes gives me a bit of anxiety, you know? We all have our quirks. Sometimes we try to hide it, but... So the anxiety comes from <laughs> comes from being aware of like this might be quirky cor- or something. No, I'm, just, the- I'm always telling that to like kid, but it's the song journey is, is is a bit it's a bit deeper than that. It's just yeah, of course, of course. It was a part of my life where I was definitely not doing so well, and I think I was very anxious. And I liked my cold coffee, even though coffee does give you massive amounts of anxiety if you drink it in bulk. Um, mm. But I don't know. For me, I think it was. It's something my dad used to do, drinking cold coffee, and I definitely picked it up from him. And I think, yeah, putting that forward was kind of a way for me to feel close to him, even though we don't live in the same country right now. And yeah, it was really nice, I think. What's, is, is in performing, is that also part of that anxiety? Like, you, because you told me that, that you, you know, you just started getting on stage, like, mm, fairly recently, yeah. you know? <laughs> Did that also come under the umbrella of anxiety? Um, well, I think everyone has, like, a certain level of stage fright, especially when it's your first ones. Um but it was something I wanted to conquer when I moved here. And I went to, I said, uh, this place called The Coup. And they only, check it out, by the way, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, they only allow musicians that write their own songs to play. So there's like no covers apart from like one night a year where it's cover night. Um, so it pushed me to write songs. That's literally the origin story of why I started writing songs was because of that guy. Um, and I went every Tuesday. 
because I could feel that if I every time I went it was getting lesser and lesser and lesser and actually one time I remember none of my friends were there I went there by myself I always tried to like bring a friend and this time I was like by myself and I think that was the best that I ever did like, oh, I felt sure. so comfortable and even like people went up to me like the guy organized came up to me he was like that was your best set and I felt so comfortable and then I didn't go for a month because I was like going back and forth between like France and, and the Netherlands and after a month of not playing it, I went back on that stage and I was like, not as anxious as the first time, but it was definitely back. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is literally like a, what the fuck? That was such a terrible way of saying it. It's like a muscle, I think. Yeah. It's for great. Everything. It's crazy, I think, with, with vulnerability that, that sometimes you feel like you're just, especially with these moments, you know? Sometimes you feel like I've done this so many times. I know I can do it. Mm. And then you feel like you build this resistance mm. towards the stage, right? Mm. And then just one time you just cope and you just feel like you're fucking 11 in kindergarten. Sweating having to bullets. Carry. Exactly. <laughs> you're over there like, fuck, like shit. Mm. Like it all comes back again. Yeah. But I feel like as, as any artist, you really like that's super important to take in, you know, just like the vulnerability of such a moment and just like being able to feel something when doing it. Because that's kind of what you do it for as well. Yeah. That you're kind of like, I don't know how this is going to play out. And I'm yeah. over here, everybody's looking, you know. Maybe but also I- it shouldn't, like it shouldn't matter at the end, like, except of course if you're like making like, you're filling up like huge venues and everything and like it has to be important because people are paying a shit ton to see you. But I feel like, you know, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's a good way of rationalize that, like, no one cares about you making a little mistake. And at the end of the day, that little mistake might make your voice and your sound more original and more raw. Mm. And people like that. That's why they come to see live music in a way. Yeah, because you, they want the moment, mm. you know. Mm. They don't just want you to be like, they want to have it like that. Mm. Like, that's the vulnerability of it as well. Yeah, for sure. How do you look, look back on the period that you just described now? Like, where you are at now in your life and how you're feeling? About, like, cold coffee and anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And other anxieties. Well, I think it was a long winter for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, the bars were closed and I had a lot of plans. Uh, I t- actually took this year off studying to do music and everything closed down and... I was kind of alone in my little like 10 meter square apartment and um, I think I just I had a lot of time on my hand to think and I had to, I was very uh, relying only on myself to get things done and I was getting quite frustrated myself for not getting more shit done and I think that's kind of what prompted and now with everything reopening I'm actually um, supposed to start an internship Wednesday which is exciting um, so a lot of new things are being put in place and I do love activity I love having my calendar fully booked and getting up doing shit like waking up at 7 30 getting things done like that's when I'm the proudest of myself and I love myself the most is when I'm like fully active all the time yeah. so I mm-hmm. think it was definitely like a problem of like pro like proactivity and like getting and like you know, am I useful to society if I'm laying on my couch and watching goddamn Pretty Little Liars that I was watching when I was 12 all over again? <laughs> the real question. Why am I re-watching Friends? <laughs> yeah, so I think that's... that's uh, how, was, how was the first, the second lockdown, I guess, for you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been living my life. Uh, I, I feel what you mean. Mm. I feel what you mean. Like, I'm, I'm kind of similar. Like, when I'm not on my shit, I just don't feel very good mm. generally. Or I, I feel I can feel like I can feel good resting sometimes, but I need to be on my on my shit and be proud of myself of what I'm doing, you know. So even if I'm resting, I, re- I got to really rest and know mm. like I'm resting right now, not just fucking 
I need to do this, but I'm just just gonna go and chill, mm. and you know I, I cannot really do that. So yeah. it was, um, but luckily I have my I have a place where I can make music, and I just went there. That's amazing. All the time. Where is it? it at NDSM. That's at North, North, right? Yeah, nice. I just went there. I'm I'm I was there always, you know. It's and such an amazing place. It's loud though sometimes. No, I feel like there's uh, well at, at some like, drummers get it get it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you the drummer that gets it out? Nah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm, I get it out though, cause I be in the booth fucking screaming. Like, sometimes fucking neighbors knock on my door, like, "Yo, are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, I just I need to get." Screams of pain. Right. Thank you. Screams of pain. <laughs> yeah, but the lockdown was difficult, cause when I released something, I, re- I remember being in the studio and just knowing that I wouldn't be able to perform it. I was just fucking. It was like a emotional breakdown. I was yeah. just screaming like, "Fuck!" Like, "Fuck!" So that was that was that was difficult, but I've I've been surviving. I feel like the lockdown hasn't affected me much because I know what I gotta do. Yeah, you know, yeah, I have like something that I can work on even when everything yeah. is closed. Like that's even if good. even if fucking everybody would die in the world, I could still fucking do my <laughs> fucking <right>. record shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, um, technically, if everyone dies in the world, um, you'd have no one to perform it. Or so true. there goes your other emotional Fuck. breakdown. Yeah, no, okay, true. Don't that- try to kill me off. <laughs> Not just yet. <laughs> when I'm going to release the doomsday <laughs> advice, advice, yeah, yo, y'all motherfuckers all out of here, man. Genuinely, I think, like, you know, like, on all those, like, zombie movies and everything, mm. I would fucking go up to the zombie, like, bite me. I don't want to fight for my life. Like, you guys mm. seem to have a great time, you yeah. know? Just eating shit, eating human flesh. And around, have no notion of what happened to humanity, Yo. and you're just there, like with like ugly buttfuck Jonathan that you have to recreate your whole fucking like humanity with, and fuck this, you know. I wanna, <laughs> I wanna. I'm really sorry. I have a friend named Jonathan. If you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. You name popped fuck up. you, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but uh, you know, like I feel like I don't know how to make vegetables or grow crops or take care of cattle or you know, fight for my fucking life. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I would die so fast. Mm, yeah, that is that is a fucking difficult thing. <laughs> That's a fucking difficult thing. I, 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 I get the point. Yeah, like the zombies, they always look low-key happy. Yeah. You know, they have just this rotten and shit. They, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, man. That carefreeness is, is beautiful. I feel like in that carefree spirit, we should... <laughs> We should transition into another song. If you have one, though. Like, maybe you just like a one song. Girl. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to ask you one last question okay. about Doomsday. Okay. And then I will maybe grace you with uh, another oh, song. Maybe. I'm, I'm blessed. <laughs> um, if it was Doomsday, right? First, yep. you're going to eat, like, the... You're going to eat the fresh, the fresh food, you know, because you gotta, you got to feed yourself. And then you're going to eat, like, you know, the processed shit that's, like, survives for a while. And then that's going to run out. What would be the processed food, like the snack, that you would miss the most? That would disappear. And no one can make it anymore because those people are dead. Yeah, that's a difficult... I think probably like Buenos or like fucking... Kinder Buenos? Kinder Buenos or fucking Carol Shea or some shit. Like something like that. Like Or coffee cookies, you know, like the coffee cookies. Oh, the one they put... (laughs) I know that the one they put, the, the one thing that they put with the coffee. So definitely sugary stuff you would miss. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like the other stuff you can kind of get like pure. I don't like processed food and, and chips. I would I would miss chips, but I would yeah. like all those things. I would miss, but I would not be like ah oh, man because I just like oh I would just eat this fucking deer, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Make make some chips out of his antlers. Some raw deer, or, nice. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What okay. about you? What about you? What about you? I don't know. Um, I have to say I'm a bit big chips fan yeah like, yeah 
What's your favorite? <sighs> There's something that kills me about the Netherlands. Mm. You guys do not have fucking chicken flavored chips. Oh. And that like hurts me to my core. Oh, so much that every time my boyfriend comes here to visit or I go back from France, I have two packs of fucking braised chicken chips in my bag. And it's the same for my flatmates. Like you don't know what chicken chicken mm. chips are. And if you ever go to the UK, and I miss the UK for this, they're like chip sensation. They have like a chicken and lemon and thyme one that like still haunts me in my dream. Mm. And I get like, you know, I will eat a whole bag in under like three minutes. Oh, it's like the like, un, like it's like the grossly satisfying. Like yeah. you eat in the bag of chips and you get to lay your couch and you're like, oh. And that's kind of like what I would miss, I guess. But you're right. I think fresh fruit is definitely the way to go. But sometimes you have like, you know, this like dirty little. Yeah. Like, you know, the what's it called? I don't know if you guys have it here in McDonald's. In France, it's called like Coq McDo, which is like really two pieces of flatbed with like really melty cheese and ham in it. Oh, it's like Coq Monsieur. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But they do that in France and it's like super expensive for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was like when my childhood was made off. And like those are like, you know, the regressive kind of food. I would totally, totally kind of, kind of sacrifice my, my child for. Yeah, we, we do we, we do not have that at, at the McDonald's here. But yeah, I feel the vibe though. Like sometimes you want to, I have it with like the frikandel broodje, you know, from the supermarket. Mm. That that one is it's just terrible. The but one with I just like the barbecue it. sauce. Yeah, it's, I think it's curry. Curry barbecue. Yeah. yeah. I had that yeah, like two days ago. And I was yeah. like, that is good. It's good, <laughs> it's terrible, right? It's, it's good. terrible. It's fucking good. But it's the thing that are like tied to your country. Like, I don't know if you ever moved away from the Netherlands, but like, it's those little, sp- little things that you miss. It's like those yeah. things that you can only find in your country. Because like, you can find salami everywhere. But like those like really specific things. Yeah. Like those are the things you miss. Like the quality of... The food that you find and everything, that's what you miss when you move, I think. And other things, you know, your family, your loved ones, all that shit. But also the processed <laughs> food that you can't have. <laughs> but anyway, you have graced me with your answer. And now I will play you a wonderful song called K. <laughs> Please. Um, This song is called K. It's going to be the second song on my EP. And it's about the boy that fucked me over. <laughs> He came into the void Defeated by choice Cupped a little end But he knew her too well he knew her too well The cuts passed every night In the pools I'd in Dubai Crushed tears at desire Now both dreams on fire And I don't know if I give you what you really need Maybe we both wanted something that was never here But it's too late for a fight It's too late It's too late to go back It's too late We danced a few more times unable to grasp 
the game of who we play When you said the wrong name You said the wrong name Or you sinked your teeth in the shower Broken faces and liars I should have known better Than to make a friend a lover And I don't know if I give you what you really need Maybe we both wanted something that was never here But it's too late for the fight It's too late It's too late to go back It's too late mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can keep Pretending you're here All I know Has disappeared The promise you made Out of fear They want to keep me near It's funny I never knew It was possible To grieve somebody who was But it's too late for a fight, it's too late It's too late to go back, it's too late It's too late for the facts, it's too late it's too late to go back It's too late It's too late It's too late It's too late It's too late, I'm falling It's too late, I'm falling it's too late, I'm falling, it's too late, I'm falling, it's too late, I'm falling, it's too late, it's too late, it's too late, but it's okay. Epiphenia, yo, you hit us with the emotion on this one. Why are you trying to have me crying out there in the studio? people that say men don't cry i want to see men cry mm, yeah well you did it yo i had to <laughs> fucking wipe my tears with my mouth mask and shit i'm pretty sure it was sweat babe but okay. <laughs> to be fair it was super hot in the it was, yeah it was a Dude, mix i was boiling i was boiling yeah was pure water yeah we can we can we we don't right now we don't need know like the difference like it could be tears could be sweat <laughs> it could be a lot of things it's all a massive water it was boiling like how was it doing that song in such a in so like it's almost like you're you're in the suffering you're in the sauna you're over there sweating <laughs> like that that one moment where you just threw it with the whole situation like oh uh, man well it was um it was interesting because then you have to focus on your chords and especially because it's um 
it's a weird instrument that I don't think I've mastered just yet. Mm. Um, so I think it was interesting to like manage like me sweating on my instrument and getting the vocals right, and at the same time kind of learning an instrument as I was going. Mm. Um, but um, I would have not done it any other way, you know. It's raw emotions, pure suffering, mm. you know. <laughs> I, lo I love the lucidness of going to a fucking session, be like, okay, I got this, got this new instrument, you know. We'll see, we'll see how it goes, you know. But I have to admit, because I'm a bit frustrated sometimes that uh, the only instrument I can play is the ukulele, mm. and I'm very dependent on other artists to come and perform with me. And yeah, sometimes I feel like the validity of being an artist when you play ukulele is not that good. Um, so yeah, that's why I wanted to learn, like learn a new instrument that's like relatively like, okay to learn. Mm. Um, it's really fun also. It looks really weird. It kind of looks like a weird spaceship, <laughs> which yeah. I'm a big fan of. I don't know if you knew about it before. Was it the first time you saw, you saw the, one? Pff, man, I saw that fucking shit. I was like, <laughs> what yeah, in the it. fuck is that? <laughs> That is like one of the things that you probably you probably have it like in your home at like the best spot <laughs> in no, the I house. Don't, I don't. You don't. I don't have enough space, especially man, next to my bed every time I need. Man, to. if you want to fucking impress anybody <laughs> in your fucking life, you just bring that to something, to a function. You just go to the job interview, look, just look, put that I'm down. Cool. <laughs> okay, look at it. Like I have to put my what was the name? Got the auto harp. I would have to put my auto harp right here on the you table. Can, for you can just look at it. You can <laughs> not touch it. Not touch it. Because it's very exclusive. No, no touchies. But yeah, it's. Um, I know I should put it in a better place in my room. But I've I was, never I have seen to it. admit, I was kind of like, when I opened the case and I whipped it out, I was like, yeah, you motherfuckers. Just look at it and ask me what it is. Yeah, yeah. No one has one. I'm very excited for you to go on like stage and have this thing. I can't wait. I just want to rock up. Everybody's going to be like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> Harmonized. Yeah, baby. we did it. Yeah. Everybody literally is gonna be like, what is happening right now? And then you play on it super lovely as well. Yeah. And I feel like it really fits your, your style. Mm. Do you feel do you feel like you have already established like some connection with the with the instrument? Well, to be honest, it's actually kind of I've never noticed afterwards, but it's kind of a full loop because I used to play the harp when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, my parents they were they were um, I think it's a class thing, but they really wanted both me and my brother to play an instrument when we were kids. And I don't know why I didn't say voice. I guess a voice was an instrument in my head because it was internal. But I swear to you, I was going to school. I was in primary school. And my mom told me, okay, so your brother's playing the violin, even though he wanted to play the drums. It's <laughs> like, what do you want to play? And I swear to God, my mom told me this. I had forgotten. I, I like propped my little head from the back scene. We're like, mom. What's the closest instrument to the gods? <laughs> she looked at me like, what the fuck? I was like, I really want to get into heaven, mom. Which one should I play? <laughs> and she kind of panicked and she told me the harp. And then I was like playing the harp for like five years. Man. <laughs> like doing concerts and shit. Like I played the um, Lady and the Tramp soundtrack on the fucking harp for the Gemente of Vol, which is where my house is in Paris. Holy fuck. Yeah, I know. I don't know. And I can't play it. I can't even play it now. Yeah, but that's a fucking, that thing got like 300 <laughs> strings. Like who and actually knows tiny to play little that? arms, you know? Yo, but for real. Yeah, you're over there <laughs> reaching. Your mom was over there like, you said, I want to get into heaven. She was like, what the fuck? And then she was like, I want to get into heaven too, though. <laughs> Come like, on, girl. Like, darp, darp, darp. Play that angel shit. To get me into heaven too, though. Like, you better not. Yeah. <laughs> but Man, so actually yeah. as well, I didn't know. You didn't like know. everybody calls you angel as well. 
like some people call you Angel, right? This yeah. is not like some fugazi shit that I just no, pulled out of hat. No, no, it is. Uh, my full name is actually Angelique. Yeah, yeah. But I say Angel just because everyone calls me Angel. It's just easier. Uh, but yeah, so my name is Angel, and I play the harp oh as a my child. God. Imagine if I sang on it. Full circle. <laughs> Man, that would be <laughs> fucking. If you do, if you ever come in on another session and you do the harp and you sing, <sighs> it's a done deal. Like maybe that'd be my next, my next instrument. They're like slightly more expensive. Maybe yeah. I'll get like a baby. Yeah. Harp yeah but, but for real, man, we at Slim Radio, we have sand. You know, you need to, you need to. You, if you go to heaven, you need to bring us with you. But you know what? You know what? I'm moving away from Amsterdam, but I would love to like just show up on a weekend and be like, guys, let's make something really nice. Oh yeah! And just come back just for you guys. That would be fucking be dope. dope. Just play. <laughs> yeah, I would love just that. Just play. That would be yeah. fucking dope. Get some other. Get some like get like a drum motherfucker mm. like the the kalimba. Mm. Not the kalimba, but like like the horn. No, not is that is the horn. Yeah, the horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. all that. I would love that. Yeah, that would. That's be actually how great. I started. Like, not doing music, but like I used to sing like. Um, like covers and stuff when I was like at home, like karaoke when mm-hmm. I was like uh, 14 and stuff. Um, I remember the first time I sang, I was like at this like summer camp and I was in the bathroom singing Thinking of You by Katy Perry. Yeah. Like in the toilet. I was like, nah, 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 nah. and I stopped the singing and then someone just claps on the stool next to me and goes like, that was really good. And I got really awkward, just like left the bathroom. But that was the first time I was like, "Wait, do I do I know how to sing?" Like, and I was singing. I've always been singing all the time. Like, don't be my friend if you don't want to hear someone just like when you say a word, sing a song with that word in it. Like, I will do that. Um, and then when I show up to the UK, like I met a few people because like, I actually went on the radio at the like the Bath University, and that's oh, kind of shit. how I got into music. So radio is a very important thing. Shout out. And <laughs> shout out. <laughs> and uh, literally, I I learned how to like sing with those people. And I had like a really good friend of mine who was playing the Quran. And I actually never wrote songs before I moved to Amsterdam, but I used to improvise them all the time. Oh, shit. And it's my secret talent, actually. And oh, then, you're a freestyle. Yeah. You freestyle. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the most like pure skills of an artist mm. is freestyling. It's my favorite thing. Like, I'm really sad I don't have like. My instruments are not in this room right now. I left it in the other room, but uh, I actually freestyled when I was at the coup for like 30 person. I was really drunk and I was like, I only have two songs and I want to play one more. And I love asking the audience to tell me a story. Yeah. And just from that, write a song. Oh, that's And that's lovely. my favorite thing. I do that with my, my friends all the time. And the first time I, I found out I could improvise with my best friend, Matsya, a really lovely girl. And she sat with me and she realized like, I could work my way around words like quite fast and stuff. And she was like, okay, okay. It's your day off. You just let your third joint. And your boss calls you say like, we had a major fuck up. We really need you. We have people calling from China. You need to, you need to get to the office now. And she's like, write me a song about this. And she filmed it and she sent it to me, I swear to you, a month ago. And there's like a solid like 15 seconds of me just going like, ah, for like 15 <laughs> seconds. So those were my beginnings, but that's my favorite thing to do. And I wish I could improvise. I will improvise for you one day. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, improvisation is like the the ultimate like unique moment you can mm. give any crowd. Because you're just mm. like you're just like yo, I have songs, and that's already a unique moment. But mm. then we also have this thing where it just it didn't even exist. Mm. I didn't even hear this before. Yeah. 
Like I'm also experiencing this just as how you were. And I'd be gone forever, and I, except if someone films it. But like, it's it's. Uh, I think it's really nice actually. Like, uh, yeah. you Share that with someone and it's for them. Yeah. And you improvise. Yeah, I do. I even do that. Like when I'm alone, like I'm when I'm alone, I just put on some music. Like I put on some weird shit sometimes, just to challenge. But like I put on some music that makes me feel something. Yeah. And then I will just fucking, yeah, I will just go, you know. But I really do it as well as, like, a form of release. Like, if I have some feelings that mm-hmm. I don't know how to fucking place. Oh, wow, okay. You know, because in the freestyle, you just, if you're really in it, like, you just, you're, you're not thinking about what you're saying anymore. You're just saying. Yeah. Like, it's, and with emotions, sometimes you can overthink, right? Yeah. You can overthink, and it's like, how do I really feel about this? And but, it's unconscious kind of things coming out. Yeah, yeah, it just, it just, like, shit comes out. Like, sometimes I do it with a friend of mine as mm. well, because that helps, you know, when mm. we just have a very close relationship. Yeah. He never judges me. I never judge him. And I, sometimes I say something, and he's like, ooh, and I'm like, fuck, man. I didn't even know that that's how I felt, you know? That's amazing. Yeah, it's if you're really your unconscious kind of... yeah. It's like almost like a sort of uh, meta meditation yeah. or something. Like it's really, they often say that about like people that like repeat certain like song lyrics and they're like outliers. Yeah. Like it's kind of like meditation because it it really empties your mind. For real, like I I think improvisation is for real. It's it's something mm. so beautiful. Mm. So that's a dope ass secret skill to. But that's to actually have, how I write you know? most of my songs. Yeah, you like, just go that's in. how I wrote K. Oh I shit! I literally like sat down and I like recorded my chords and I put them on loop and then I recorded myself just singing over it over and over again oh yeah and if I felt like some patterns coming up and like some like imagery and some like lyrics really like propping up again and maybe some kind of like structure for like chorus then like I would listen back to the audio and kind of write it down and work from there and that's how I wrote yeah that's how I write most my songs that is so pure yeah, how do you write songs? Because I always feel like every artist has a very <laughs> different approach to writing songs. True, true. Yeah, I, 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 I used to be very like um, lyrical in terms of like I used to write everything down, and then I would just freestyle on the side with my friends. Fair, yeah. But I would never use that for songs. And then I had like this period, the like the beginning of the year mm-hmm. after I had this, um, um, a bunch of sessions with a friend of mine, and like we. I took some psychedelics and like I, I had this I had this thing where I was just like I'm not gonna write anymore or like oh, the no. next room I'm not gonna write I'm still gonna fucking make yeah. songs but I won't write anything down so I'll just be I'll just play the beat and then I'll just okay, be like okay. Oh, okay I think that needs to be it then I'll just record it right mm. away okay what needs to come off there yeah. okay yeah so it's like very free I like to do that but I also like to write like mm. it made my writing way better better because mm. in writing sometimes you want to go too much yeah, in like the nitty gritty of, of like- it a blank page and like I don't know for me it's the opposite actually like I'll write the most like blandest lyrics like my heart is broken and I feel for you like really terrible lyrics but when I'm like I think I love specificities actually like and that's what I I loved actually about cold coffee it's like those little things for me they make a song so personal but that's also what makes it like relatable to people yeah yeah yeah, for sure and i think that's like if you manage to get but i I know what you mean when you say you can get stuck in things yeah yeah i know what you mean but i think if you find that sweet spot between like generalities and also kind of like you know very detailed definition of i don't know your fucking next door neighbor's dog like that's kind of (laughs) when a song becomes gold i think yeah no i feel that i feel that i feel like the freestyle is just a super important Mm. component in in anything you make and it's so pure like a freestyle is really usually you make what the what the song needs and like with lyrics sometimes you can get like too much 
So in the in the moment of like yeah. what what is the song basically? Yeah, but it's you know? a good way I think of figuring out like what you want to actually talk about. Like like yeah. I said, like good meditative. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but this song, what made you choose this song over this instrument? Because you know it's a very it's a very emotional song. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels almost like a like a breakup song in a way. You know. Ah, you got me there. Damn it! <laughs> I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> That's how you do it. You corner them. You corner mm. them, and then you ask them the, the right questions. God damn it! It is actually a breakup song. It's my only breakup song about myself. It's not about my current partner. Um, I actually wrote it on the ukulele at first. Mm. Um, and it's those kind of songs you know you plop out in like an hour and a half, yeah, two yeah. hours. Like it's just the feelings. Like I was. It's not exactly like a breakup. It was kind of like a romantic, like friendship breakup. Um, with someone that was, I used to live with, my, he was my best friend, and uh, it ended up really poorly. Like he kind of like got me the day my granddad died, knowing my granddad was dead. So <laughs> I had like a full like sobbing on the, you know, the under the shower, uh, like very you know yeah. like those like dramatic moments. I had that, um, and um, it was I think a very good release. It was a very good way of. Um, I think for six months is because it's when I moved to Amsterdam for six months. I had like kind of like this denial phase and I was kind of um, just trying to just not think about it. And that's when I currently met my current partner. Like I was kind of pushing everything underneath. And Mm. then I wrote this song and it's I think it really allowed me to realize what had been done to me and that I wasn't crazy and that I the way I felt was okay. Like I was allowed to feel that way. Like I wasn't deceiving anyone. I wasn't overreacting. I was just feeling what I had to feel. And it's actually really funny because it's going to be my second release. Um, and I'm still in, in contact with, if not that guy, but his girlfriend. <laughs> we we phoned and I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm gonna release a song about him. I hope he doesn't feel bad about it. Um, and she was like, Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was recording it, and it's really funny now because like the emotion I put into it, I was trying to record it, and no- none of that was going through. Because I think I'm kind of like starting to really move on, mm. and it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> the emotions behind it were really good, and. Now when I was recording, I, I, yeah, I looked at it and I was like, geez, like I, I can feel like the emotions that were put into the song when I was writing it, they're slowly starting to fade. And yeah. oop. <laughs> that feels really nice. But at the same time, it's kind of a bummer for the recording. But, mm. but it's good. It's good. Like now you're yeah. recording it as like the person that already came over the situation yeah. not being like, I'm a mess. Like the, like the, like the, I'm so much in it yeah. now, but it's like, yo, this is what happened. Yeah. You have like a like a objective view yeah. maybe of what happened, yeah. how you feel about it. Actually, it's maybe like a bit more anger now than there's mm. sadness, and I think that's kind of like what I'm. Cause I realized like for my EP, my first song is called Huh, my second song is called K, my third song is called Rage. So there's definitely like holy fuck a theme <laughs> there <laughs> of like a certain like anger and detachedness. Um, so I think now I guess like the anger is kind of good to channel. Um, in, in, in that moment. So we'll see what it turns out. Actually, it's supposed to be released in a month. Yeah. month and a half. Oh, so shit. That's really that's, exciting. That's exciting. I'm actually recording with this um, records company called uh, No Method to Madness. Um, mm. I'm working with their producer. He's called Vini Goyal. He's really, really, really good. Um, and it's been super nice, actually, to see my music go from, like, acoustic to something a lot more produced. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if anyone's looking for a producer, I really recommend because it really gets you out of your comfort zone. Dope. 
Super yeah. dope, yeah. But check it out. But yo, like I, I just heard you heard you mention something, something that, like, you, it was like I, I think I heard some of you saying like, ha. Ah. What are you, are you talking about? My my first release that came out a week ago. You should totally go and check it out. Oh fuck! What? I am for sure talking <laughs> about that. About ha. About ha. <laughs> Give yeah. it better to me. Come on, louder. Ha. Yes, that's my boy. <laughs> Good job. Now I gotta wait, wait for my mic to unclip because I clipped that shit. Uh, but yeah, but, man, I, I heard you say that and I was like, wouldn't it be fucking great? Do you want me to play it? Do you want me to play it now? Yo. Is that what you're asking? Yo, you already caught me in the first word of my sentence. Well, that's, I won't. That's, I won't. You don't deserve it. <laughs> okay, fine, because I really need a promotion. Anyway, <laughs> here's Ha. Hi, this is Epiphania and this is my song called Lucky Murder. It's my first single and it's out on all platforms, so please go listen to it. First came the fire, natural disaster, built in the blocks of a fractured desire. Then came your breath, as easy as bread, causing a depth, yet a fractured flesh. God damn it. I knew it was going to go down when you stood up from the chair. 
I knew it was gonna go. I was like, man, she's standing up. Your like, fuck. I was like, God damn. Because I stood up as well. I was like, man, I need to I need to feel this standing up vibe. And you hit us with the ha, huh, ha. Huh. I was like, no. You're too good for me. You're too good to me, honestly. But. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm happy, you know what? Like, I've. Because it's, it's the backing track to my, actually, my actual song. So I got to, like, actually perform on my own song, which I've never done before. So it's yeah. exclusive with Slim exclusive, Radio. Exclusive, Slim it's Radio. First time I sang, man, without an instrument in front of me. Oh, fuck. Apart from that one time, I apologized in England. But it's the first time I haven't. It's different, right? Like, you don't, like, it's different. I felt so comfortable. Yeah, you know, I wanted to make love to that mic. I was, like, moving my, my arms yeah, left to sure. right. And, like, I don't know. There was something. Like it was really good. Like thank you for giving me that apartment, for like, opportunity. For sure, really like nice. you were over, you were chilling. Like you were flexing <laughs> on it. You had to dance. You were throwing gang signs and shit. I'm like, I don't tell <laughs> me that no. Throwing gang signs, like no, like, no, no. no, no. You, 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 you weren't throwing gang signs. <laughs> I made that up. I made that up. But it was. I did make the little like twisty, twisty movement in my head. I have to admit. Yeah, you were getting into it, Joe. It's different. Like it's a different energy mm-hmm. when you have like your own song. And you can yeah. bop to it yourself, yeah. and you know you can hear yourself through yeah. the mic as well so it's like oh yeah this is like mm. you're, you have like a private performance <laughs> exactly. given by yourself to yourself okay. and also to the fucking people sitting in the back honestly like you guys have been so amazing and it was like the f- like perfect first experience to like tip that toe in the water get back into it and perform in front of people I've, I've really appreciated this amazing yo I'm glad that you liked it because yeah. we liked it too like not everybody has like is like as blessed as, and privileged as me to begin a headphone during these sessions you know you are, you are you too know, nice we, I told you I can't I, take fucking compliments <laughs> I'm gonna insult you what? <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's not actually something negative it's not but I think not uh, if you go back in the history of where it's called etymology uh, you can notice that certain words have certain negative connotations over time if you want, you can Google it, but I'm pretty sure it was considered an insult. But we can redefine yeah. the terms all together. I feel you. Yeah, I feel like people claim that shit now, right? Yeah, they claim it back. Yeah. Like, yo, nah, I'm a slut. Yeah. I'm a fuck. Like, yeah. not ah, not me, but like that's what people no, no, say. I'm a slut. I'm a slut. No, no, but it's true. Like, it's the same thing. Slut. I think with like now, you don't like. There's a lot of uh, there's an insult in French, which is like son or like daughter of a prostitute, which is like she's de pute and everything. Mm. And now we obviously like. We don't. We call them sex workers, and it has like evolved in the language, and like it. It is. It does kind of show you how like we perceive someone for doing a certain thing. So I think it's yeah. interesting. But yeah, I didn't mean to slut shame. <laughs> it's just the first one I rolled off my tongue to mention you. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I think it's an interesting uh, development uh, as well. Like just to to go from from like horror or something yeah. to to sex worker yeah. because people. People do this with a lot of things. Like, they, they want to put it in a certain box. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're this, you're this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the end, it's just like people have this need in society. Mm-hmm. People fulfill that need in society. You you're don't talking have to about talk sex work? Yeah, I'm talking about sex work. That's super. Because I wanted to have this discussion, I guess, with someone that was born in, in Amsterdam. Because, like, I live in the red light district. So, like, I'm going bang, bang. to do my groceries. And I'm seeing, like, women with, like, thick ass, big titties, super mm. pretty. All that. And, um... Yeah, how did you feel like growing up in a city where like sex work was legal? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I felt a type of way about it because there, there was like at the first, at the first, it was just exciting. It was like, oh, you got prostitutes. Like I remember my first encounter with uh, this, this, uh, with the sex work. I was just in the street, but it wasn't the red light district. And I was just on my phone or something. Oh, I didn't even know if I had a phone. I was just on 
whatever. I was I was I wasn't paying attention, yeah. and I looked up to the left, and it was like this a fucking sex worker, mm. and she just looked at me, and I was just so spooked. She waved at me. I was like, "What the fuck is How happening?" Were you? I was like eleven or ten. Like yeah, I was like, yeah, "What you in must the have been fuck?" Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" So um, yeah, but it was like I feel like uh, it's 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 um, I feel it needs to be done with the right education because a lot mm. of people just go to the sex. Um, also tourists, also yeah. for tourists, because a lot of people go to yeah. the red light district just to fucking look at things like it's a zoo. Like if you exactly. go there, if you go there to have sex, do your thing and yeah, also be true. respectful. But just don't go there to take pictures of but fucking. That's why, sex like, workers, I appreciate it. So, like, you have, you know, like people have needs and like, I, I do think that's like maybe that's a bit ingrained in, like male culture that you do have needs. But I do think that like sex workers, I'm so happy that it's legal here. Know, yeah, because it's not in France, and I'm so happy that like at least they get somewhat of a, a protection for that. Yeah. Which like I did think about it like moving here. And the only thing I guess that kind of ache me is the fact that they're like behind windows, which for me it kind of makes them look like products. Yeah, which yeah, true. I think sex work can be so much more than just like in and out, like sexual interaction. Like there's so many types of other sex work, and I guess yeah, for me it was a bit weird to see like women in. It's weird as a woman to walk in a red light district because they don't try to get your intention. Like, I think only a very specific few of them do um, uh, sleep with both men and women. So it's not like you're their main customer. So I kind of feel like I'm not getting anyone's attention. Like, it's fine. Mm. But at the same time, I look at them and they're like, there's really young and beautiful women. And the fact that they're in a window, I'm like, what is that? What kind of message does that sell? Yeah, yeah, I, f- I feel that, and that that is very understandable. It, it is for sure an interesting situation. I think that more so with with them not showing st- attention to women, it's just like many women like would not necessarily yeah. be like, yeah, let me just go to a sex worker. Yeah, because that's just... the thing. Like, why? And I understand why they're sex workers, but I'm like, the last thing that would turn me on would be to, except for the specific kink, would be to pay pay someone to have sex. Because I'm like, is it really consensual? Like, do they really want me? And I guess that for me is a big uh, part of of wanting to be intimate with someone is like that they want me for me and not like because I'm getting paid, I guess. So I don't know how that is. I'm really curious and of how they feel about it. And and I'm really, I guess I'm really happy that they're, they're protected here. And it's been interesting living here for sure. Yeah. Because I, it opened my mind a lot. Like, you know, if you asked me when I was 12, like, I would have never been that respectful of people that worked in the in the sex industry. And, you know, I think if you consume porn and stuff like that, you can't, like, wank with your left hand and point with your right, you know? Like, you're you're doing, you're taking part of it, you're creating a demand, so you should be respectful. Yeah. Sure. It's crazy, so like... out there, be respectful and call them appropriately. Yeah, I feel that as well. Like, go there, not to fucking... Don't treat it like a zoo, people. Just go there don't if you want to. Just too, go there right? if you want to like have one sex. Rule. There's mm. one rule. So yeah, exactly. Just go there if you want to take sex. Don't, don't don't tease the sex workers. They're <laughs> exactly. just trying to fucking work as well. So 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 like this song, huh? It just seems like you're like you're audaciously just 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 <laughs> going in. Like, is that what you want to portray, or is that just how I? F- That's the emotion it riled up in me. It was like just audacious, just like yeah. I I really like, wanted <gasps> to create like um like a flex. A separation between like the obviously the song being quite like dark and kind of creepy and have like a really like light fluid little voice on top of it because I think they create that like nice divide. Yeah. Um, and it's really weird. I wrote the song in a way that no one would understand what it is about, mm. apart from me telling the story. So I'm gonna ask you, what did you think it was about? 
Ah, I just I just felt the energy of the song, but yeah. like like the, the like the like the like the flex of it and like the the energy it was trying to portray. It yeah. felt for me like it was like a um, not like a brag and boasting, but it it had its own energy. Mm. You know, that was really what it portrayed to me. But it wasn't like it wasn't like that. I was there, like, what is this song about? Because I felt what the song mm. was about. Like, so with some songs, you kind of feel what yeah, it is. Yeah, the emotion without the and, actual Yeah, exactly. And then it's not like, yeah. okay, but because I have a lot of times when I write shit as well, people are like, what is this about? It's like, mm. man, it's about like 200 things, man. What do you, <laughs> what do you want from me, man? So I, I wouldn't know. So tell me the story. It's actually, because it's the first time I'm going to say, say it, I guess, aloud. Is it about sex? It's not. Okay. Uh, it's actually gonna, ha, ha. kind of a sad... <laughs> As most of my songs are, I guess. Uh, backstory. <laughs> okay. okay uh, my mom before me, um, she was pregnant with a child that had Down syndrome. And she aborted really late in the process. Because when a child has like a medical condition, you can do that really late in the process. And I was born, like I was conceived three months after the abortion. And What? Yeah. So, so we were twins. No, so he, she had the abortion, and three months later she was pregnant with me, and she was forty-two at the time, so it was kind of Holy a miracle. Holy shit! And uh, when I was a kid, um, mom told me at one point I came up to her and I was like, "Mom, I stole, I stole his energy, I stole his energy." You know, my mom was like, "What the fuck?" Mm. And I was like, "I stole his energy, like I took his place." And I completely forgot about it. And that's something that had loomed on my family for a while. Like, it's not, it wasn't a secret. Like, my parents always talked about it. But, like, that's kind of, like, I guess, huzz about. is like, I hesitate between calling it, like, like lucky murder or huh. And I think it's because it's a weird thing to know, like, some something had to die for you to live. And mm. selfishly, I would fucking do it all over again. Because I'm so thankful I'm alive. I'm so thankful my mom made this decision. Because if she didn't, I wouldn't be there. Because she was a certain age. And with a child with special needs, they probably would not have had a third child. So it's a weird thing to know that you... The reason you're alive is because someone had an abortion. And abortion has always been a subject that's really, really close to my heart. And when I see countries like the, the USA uh preventing that right it really hurts me because of that family story and because yes a lot of the pro-life argument is that like that like that person could have a full life full of things and i'm like yeah but they could also have kids afterwards and that's the reason i'm alive and that's kind of like what the song is about is like i i paid for your sins because i had to deal with all this like burden but at the same time i would fucking do it all over again because that's the reason i'm alive and i'm thriving and yeah i guess that's kind of what the song is about that is a <laughs> super interesting story. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one for sure. It's not something that ah, you it's, can it's, drop it's at like a, like a dinner party. It's but. A, it's a unique one for yeah. sure. I wouldn't call it weird. It's just a unique, uh, like it's also like the, the the reaction that you had as a child is very pure. Like yo, I fucking took somebody's. I took his energy. Took his energy. That's because you know, like my mom, like she was obviously dealing with all that. While she was pregnant with me, because, you know, as a woman, like, if you have something inside of you and then you don't, then it's, it's psychologically that's really hard. And then you have another kid and that's a lot of changes in a very short amount of time. And, and yeah, I think I wanted this song to sound bold and aggressive and all that because that's a part of me I negated for so long. Like, that real raw part of, like, I'm fucking mad and I'm fucking excited and I'm, I'm a badass and I want to mm. get all those things out. And that's what I wanted to convey with her is that, like, 
there's a big part of me that's this really sweet girl that plays the ukulele and does all those query songs and I laugh and I'm all like awkward and blah 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 but there's also a huge part of me that's dealt with a lot of shit and and is really strong-minded and yeah. and wants to get shit out and I and that you. was such a perfect first release for me because it tapped into the other side of my personality I was kind of longing to share with the world and yeah Fucking stream it. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Fucking stream it, motherfucker. Fucking, fucking get on your phone and stream that shit like it's get your, on your fucking phone, birthday. Put it on a speaker because we worked our ass off to make it sound nice. Put it on a goddamn speaker. Stop listening it on your phone. Every song. Listen to it on speaker. Listen to it on your fucking speaker, your headphone. Like, do <laughs> do the thing, man. Like, Come I, on. But that's like the energy I felt with the song as well. That's why I said, like, yo, you know, I don't I don't know what the song is about, but it felt, like, very unapologetic. Like, mm. yo, here I am. Also, you you just performing the song. You're over there flexing, like... Fuck yeah. Throwing up gang signs. Yeah, the like, energy. The Crips, <laughs> I man. I didn't do like, gang signs. <laughs> Damn it. Crip for life. But you know what? My mama, because I, before I wrote it... Um, I asked her if I could write about it because it was inherently so tied to her. Mm. And I and I love my mom. She's so sweet. And I just didn't want to face her with stuff she couldn't deal and, and digest. You know, so mm. I talked to her and stuff. And I told her, like, the song is going to sound very aggressive and very different yeah. from, like, a ballad. And she called me after I released it. And she told me, like, you know, Angel, like, I'm 65. Like, this kind of music is very aggressive for me. But I'm so fucking proud that you're unapologetic about it. And I have such a bold move to talk about those kind of things in that kind of way for a first release. And that meant the world to me. That's like the person that lived this, like she gave me the ability to, it is part of her story, but I made it my own and I was allowed to express what I had felt from her. And that was, I think, the most beautiful thing to have some like person you love go like, you know what? Do your thing. Like, it touches me, but I'm so proud of you. Like, keep on doing your thing unapologetically. And that felt amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) I'm getting emotional. Like, I don't know. Like, your family is amazing. Yo, that is so dope to to hear that from that person Mm. as well. Like, if you look Mm. at the context of the song. I love you, mom. Mm. You can't speak English properly. I love you. Mama. (laughs) Mama. (laughs) Je t'aime. Je t'aime, maman. So you have one, I, I heard for somewhere, like yeah. somebody just fucking sent me like a message, like you said like, yeah, like Felix, Felix goddammit. Epophenia has one more <laughs> song in the bag, man, like she said. I do, because. Do you want to preview, do you want to preview this thing? You know like, what, it's my only unsad song, so fuck yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> Bang. <laughs> it's the only one that's, uh, I guess it's angry, but it's not sad, so we'll take it. <laughs> uh, it's called, um. You know what? I'll I'll say the name later. Mm. Um, I'm just gonna say what happened. I was walking in the street in Paris. Gang. Gang. <laughs> Gang indeed. And it was summer last year. And I was walking past and this fucking like 50-year-old man told me, like, you should smile. You look so much nicer when you smile. Mm. And I used to hear that all the time when I was growing up in Paris. But like it was the first time I answered. And I looked, at her, I looked at her and was like, are you fucking dumb? Like, you're fucking disgusted. Like, would you tell that to your daughter? It's the first time I responded. And I was like, are you fucking asking me to smile, man? Like, fuck off. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to write a fucking song about it. And that song is called Don't Be a f- Dick. A fucking dick. Don't be a dick. Thank you. I think that's all that needs to be said, yo. <laughs> Let's just play the fucking song. 
Epofini, I want to thank you for coming through. Thank you for having me. It's been so nice. I appreciate that. Thanks for relaying the vibe. You know, this is the first time we did this uh, here podcast. Wink, 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 <laughs> wink, wink. Wink. <laughs> thank you for coming through. I'm excited for this next song. Thank you song. to Slim Radio. So you guys have been freaking awesome. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. <laughs> for all the team, we got one more song for you. Epofinia, don't be, be a dick. Um, so this song is pretty straightforward. It's called Don't Be a Dick. No, her smiling is not her Inviting you to be disgusting No, two guys holding hand in front of you Doesn't mean you'll turn gay too And I know it's hard to fathom That no one wants your opinion And if everyone around you keeps thinking you're the worst Let me help you and teach you to Don't be a dick Don't say what you think Just keep it in your mind It's not that hard to do I swear I might even show you If you listen for a Don't be a dick, just don't be a dick It's as simple as this, just don't be a dick I know it's hard, can't joke about anything anymore Half your personality just walked out the door Did your mother cradle you too close to a wall? I don't judge It would just explain a lot And if this song gets you offended Then honey, you're part of the problem So don't be a dick Don't say what you think Just keep it in your mind It's not that hard to do I swear I might even show you While Don't be a dick Just don't be a dick It's as simple as this Just don't be a dick And I know how much it means to you To tell this girl to smile And I know you think you're being nice But you're just being a dick And maybe, just maybe Don't say what you think, just keep it in your mind. It's not that hard to do, I swear I might even show you if you listen for a while.
Dick, dick. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.